brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Dakota Growing. I'm Kelsey Deckert, your horticultural agent here in Burley and Morin County. Joined today in the Radio Access studio with my co-host Tom Cobb, NDSU Extension Horticulturalist. How are we doing today? Everything's great. Everything's great. Cooler weather. It's, yeah, it's all changed. Feels so good. Yeah, it's, these are the perfect days. I agree. That's right. And football starts tonight, NFL football. Man, fall yeah. is the best season. It was a pretty good season. It's a good. Let's let's hope for a longer fall than last year. Got cut oh, short. Really? I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember that? Oh, it snow on Halloween or something. We had snow like beginning of November. Yeah. It was super early, and then it didn't disappear. It yeah. Started. Oh, that was a long winter. I that remember was. it was a long winter. Yeah. Historic. Well, let's have a Logic long snow. fall this year. That's you what know, I want. I support that. Let's have no. Min- okay. I guess you got to have some snow, but. I support a long fall. A dusting on Christmas, that's it. Okay, sounds perfect <laughs> to me. Sounds good. What's going on today? Today we have a special episode. Are you ready for this? Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. What is it? All right, well, our viewers today are going to enjoy some videos. I recently went to a Master Gardener's um, yard and got to tour her garden, so we are going to feature some of the fun things that I got to see. And before oh, really? we... Yeah, before we even get into the videos, I just want to say a special thank you to Casey Sorge, the Burley County Extension ad, um, admin, as she came and assisted me and did some taping. And, of course, our executive producer, Ben Smith, here in Dakota Media Access, who helped, helped edit these. Great. Yeah. So, the master gardener I went and visited and seen her yard yes. is Kathleen Weiss. Yes. You know her. Little she bit. is a tremendous person, and she's spoken at our Dakota Garden Expo many years, and uh, 
great teacher, great gardener, better person. Phenomenal yard. It was marvelous. Okay. Very well, marvelous. So Inspirational. That's right. And you know what's interesting about Kathleen is she started this um, like 30 years ago, and her yard was kind of a clayish yard that she's done yeah. some different amendments to get it to where it is. And if you ever get the opportunity to go up to her place, you wouldn't believe that she started with a hard uh, clay patch. Lousy soil. There. and Lousy soil. Great garden. Great there's garden. hope for all of us. There's hope for all of us, yes. So I think I would like to show you, first and foremost, this yes. beautiful large pond that she has in her yard that I would just say has some of the most calming sounds. Really? Peaceful, wow. very ser serene area. Are you ready to take a look let's at go. it? Let's go. All right, let's wait. take a look at it. Years ago, we put in a smaller pond over on the north side of the garage and put rocks in the bottom. And what we were finding was that about every two or three years, we'd have to take all the rocks out, pressure wash them, put them back in. So essentially, other than digging in the skimmer and the biofall unit, we were rebuilding the pond every year. So two years ago, we decided we were going to move it out here where at least if we were going to put all that work into it, we it was more visible to us. So we can look out any of the east windows in the house and see this area, even if we're not outside. Everything that you see here, we've done the work ourselves. We've not hired anything done. For the pond, I have a nephew who is a landscaper and he gave us technical advice on it. But Jean and a couple friends of ours did all the work on it. They picked the rocks out of a friend's field out by Sterling and placed them all. It was, this was a huge undertaking, but we went from an 8,000 gallon pond to a 24,000 gallon pond because everything that I read about ponds said that the bigger they are, the easier they are to maintain. And that has proven to be very true. I have very little trouble with algae. The biggest problem is the leaves that fall into it, which we knew was gonna be an issue, but we wanted it where it was shaded so that we could really sit and enjoy it even on a hot afternoon. So we knew we were gonna to have to live with that. One of the things we did differently in this pond, we did not put rocks in the bottom. There's rocks on the sides to hold the liner in place. So when you look into it, the water looks a little darker because you're looking down at a black liner instead of uh, white rocks. But what that means is that we can go in and we can suck any leaves off the bottom. We don't have to worry about displacing rocks anything like that and so it's it's just pretty pretty maintenance free once we get rid of the spring seeds and the fall leaves what do you think of that yeah that's uh that's really amazing i gotta say that's <laughs> how large that's one of the largest ponds i've i've seen in a yard yeah it's got a robust pump going on there too and making a lot of lot of calming that's a it's just a very dynamic fish are really cool I like that I, I like that element a lot um, 
kind of, I know I'm kind of sound weird, but even those rocks look good to me just because they're so clean and like they're got the granite and nice natural shading there. And calm, you know, like they got, I, I like the fact she's got the chairs there right underneath the trees. Oh, with this week's weather? Oh, just hanging out there. Just go take a nap. <laughs> Maybe kick back with a, you know, cold one of some sort of beverage, right, on the weekend. Okay. I think I think the fish do add a really good element as well. She talks about having grandkids, and I can't imagine how fun that is for them when they come over to see the fish all the time and everything like that. Yeah, feeding the fish. Yeah. I think that's kind of, I've seen that before. People feed fish, and they just kind of, they just, it's like a dog, you know, they just run right to the dinner. <laughs> yeah. They just swim right over there and gobble up all the food. Yeah. It's good. Hey, man, that's, that's an amazing garden. That's amazing. an amazing pond garden. That is, like, super. A lot of work went into that. Yes. Just the fact of even talking about the rock, how, how they went and collected the rock, right. how they've kept the rock clean. Right. It's pretty neat. And not much algae. Not much it's algae. Good. Lots yeah. of oxygen being pumped in there for the koi. Okay, it's impressive, pretty man. Pretty cool. And plastic liner. That's an important thing that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. It's neat. And even some water lily pads there. Those are fun, too. Yeah. I always enjoy those. I bet, like, this year maybe she had a few frogs that came over there, too. I know even at our place we had a few just random frogs this year. I don't know. Just the moisture maybe brought some. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Frogs are good luck, I hear. Are they? Yeah, that's what they say. Holy. Well, (laughs) maybe I'm having a good year then. I don't even know. I guess so. Yeah. I'd say one thing that a lot of people know and everything is that a great garden always starts with plant selection, right? You got to know what you need for that area. And so Kathleen really talks about in this next clip that we're going to look at on the plant selection. So we'll go ahead and let our producer, Ben, take a look at that clip for us. Okay. Probably the first thing that I look at is plant selection because if you don't have plants that are going to tolerate a little bit of drought, you're not, your other strategies probably are not going to work very well. And so I use in the shady areas, I use a lot of hostas and hookahs. The um, ground cover geraniums are real drought tolerant. In the sunny areas, I use a lot of daylilies, they are tough as nails, and this is sort of the prime time of year for the, them to bloom, so you, you'll you see a lot of them in here. Uh, the next thing I do is use water strategically when I need to. So before I planted anything in these gardens or put any edgers, I set up my sprinkler systems at certain times of the day when I thought I was going to be watering it and then only created the garden where the water would reach so that I didn't have to do a lot of overlapping and and overwatering one area to get water back to another area. The trees obviously suck the water, but the shade also helps to keep the plants fresh even when they are a little bit drought stressed and then mulch. I use a lot of mulch. Uh, All of the beds have, I usually try to keep about three to four inches of a good quality cedar mulch. And I use cedar because it 
composts a little more slowly than a lot of the other wood mulches. I stay away from inorganic mulches in most cases. We have a play area for our grandkids that we use the soft rubber stuff, but otherwise it's almost all cedar. You know, you have a lot more gardening experience than I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've gone to a lot of different places compared That's to right. myself. So, I mean, just listening to kind of her advice and how she went around picking some of her plants and everything, what do you think? Right. What are your thoughts? Well, of course, Kathleen's right on right on all this, that uh, you got to pick the right plant for the specific conditions that you have. And in the Dakotas, it's dry here. Yeah. So you got to have drought tolerant plants. You got to use that mulching too. That's a nice, she, she mentioned that quite a bit too. Organic mulching can really help to conserve moisture for those plants. You know, I, you know, the other things I see, like she mentioned, she talked a lot about daylilies there. Yeah, so that, tough. Yeah, that's a great that's plant for us in the Dakotas, <laughs> right? And um, so that's a good starter plant for people who, for a perennial for people mm -hmm. who are not quite comfortable with perennials yet because uh, there's a lot of and there's a lot of daylily varieties out there nowadays um and it's nice that she has uh plants that are blooming at different times of the year i saw she had some annuals mixed in there which give us more consistent you know splash of color in the summertime from planting all the way until frost actually right so yeah but you know and then I think, you know, think about uh, native plants because plants that are native to North Dakota are likely to tolerate the conditions of North Dakota. Yeah, we've seen some coneflower, black-eyed Susan in there. Yeah. Just really nice. And I think, too, you mentioning the daylilies, like, like you said, a great starter plant. I think that's one that people can feel successful with because it's pretty hard to that's right. not be successful with the daylily plus the varieties are going to have lots of colors to choose from for our area as well. And uh, sun or shade, always keep that in mind. Generally, flowers like lots of sun. Almost all of them prefer sunny conditions, and that's primarily what she had there. You know, it's just got the nice edging on the edges of the beds. It's kind of nice little touch there, you know. Even mentioning how she set up her sprinkler system right. and, you know, again, just kind of reflecting back on being in her yard and stuff. You know, she's got trees, large trees and everything. So, like you said, really selecting plants for the area. And she's got, you know, a variety of shade and full sun plants in there. I think it's really nice. I think she does a good job at talking about plant selection for our gardeners that's right you got to understand your situation understand your watering like are you going to invest in watering or not you know um soil conditions like in the beginning talk we talked about how her soil was very uh hard clay soil well you know now's a good time to get a soil test done to try right. to get uh before you put in your big perennial bed next spring so know your soil know your site know your limitations and select accordingly and also it's a good idea to to shop locally at some local nurseries they're more like and there's a lot of good help there from local nurseries and from your local north dakota state university extension mm -hmm. uh, organization that we have information that can help you select the proper plants yeah yeah you know we always have discussions outside of the studio and just in passing a lot of times because we work together and i would one say you know i'm very 
very family oriented and stuff and i like to reflect on memories from growing up so one thing that i thought was a really cool feature in her yard as soon as you get in there is she's got a literal boat in her yard so let's go ahead and take a look at see it let's look at her boat and see why she's got that when i was a kid the farm that, that i grew up on was right along a river and the actual farm itself was sort of split in half by the river the, most of the pasture land was on one side and cropland was on the other. And there were two bridges that we could go across, but they were about, each about a mile from the house. And so we had an old wooden boat that we would paddle across the river in. And one day my brother and I were paddling across and all of a sudden our feet started to get wet and <laughs> we started to sink a little bit, but this river was about ankle deep at that time of the year so we were never in any danger my mom was never one to let anything go to waste so she took the tractor down she pulled the boat out of the river brought it up and put it in the front yard and planted flowers in it for the next 35 years so when i we were looking at this i told my husband i mean that boat was long rotted away but I told him I'd, I'd just like to do some kind of a boat to kind of commemorate that. And so uh, he looked all over and finally found a, a boat for me and we put it in the spot that we thought it would be sort of a showpiece in the yard. You know, one thing I would comment right off of the bat, I would say a lot of us in the Dakotas we have a hard time getting rid of things, right? I mean, most people... <laughs> our junk. <laughs> yeah, our junk. Most Old people... Yes, most people will have, like, maybe that backyard pit or, you know, behind right. the hill that they put stuff. And so I think it's kind of cool in a way to... I mean, they obviously seek this boat out, but just a way to think of some of that older equipment or something that you could reuse, repurpose, recycle... And make it a feature in your garden. Yes, that's quite creative. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't need that. <laughs> Everybody's got their, you know, as Kathleen will say, it's her garden. That's right. And she's got to put her own special touch. The thing I like about uh, that little feature is it just brings back her childhood memories. That's right. what it's about. She's not trying to recite. She's not being an environmentalist here. <laughs> she just wants to relive her memories of her childhood and the importance of that boat was for her on the farm and you can just tell she had a great childhood and um, wonderful family and uh, to me it just when I hear that I just think like it's it's kind of a challenge for all of us who are parents to provide good memories for our children right. and introduce them to gardening um, you know, maybe get them their own little garden like she does. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge as a parent, and but it it really brings back great memories. And I think it's children. such a fun story to share with her grandkids. You know, even yeah. others too. But that's right. Like the boat was sinking, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it had some holes in it, and they her mom repurposed it. And you know, you yeah. just even saying kind of their own special gardens. That's one thing Kathleen commented to me is that she has a lot of themed gardens throughout yes. her yard. And she also has gardens that are dedicated just for her grandkids as well. And like, those are succulent gardens. And oh, yeah. 
we're not going to see any clips today on those, but it was really fun to go ahead and look at that. And so one other garden that let's go ahead and take a look at this clip is what is called her um, heirloom garden, which again kind of brings back memories of her mom. And so let's take a look at that one and go ahead and listen to the fun story she has to share on that one. Okay, sounds good. This one I call the heirlooms garden and or also known as my hot mess garden because my mom truly loved annuals much more than perennials because they just bloomed so much more brightly in her opinion over the, the summer. And so this one has some perennials that I got from her. Uh, peonies that actually came to North Dakota with my grandmother when they moved here from Missouri in 1900. So they've been around for a long time and then some iris as well. The rest of it is mostly annuals that I just allow to self-seed and grow wherever it wants to and pull them out when they get too out of control. Interestingly enough, this is always the second garden that gets hit by grasshoppers. They just love it. And so when we have grasshoppers, usually by this time of the year, it's looking a little rough, but uh, it's, it's just kind of fun to come out here and see the bells of Ireland and the zinnias and the hollyhocks and things that I grew up with. Another nice feature in her yard, that's yeah. for sure. I also like how she talks about this one being like the first one that grasshoppers usually mm. attack. And man, have we had grasshoppers this yeah. year? But of course, when I was there, she talked about how it really hadn't been attacked this year. So I don't know what the difference was this mm. year, but really neat. And I like her sharing how she has, you know, these plants that have went to self seed and how she's added plants in that have kind of been passed down from generations. Just another feature. Yeah, another call it an heirloom garden, but it's also, but it's kind of a heritage garden because, yeah. like she says, she these are perennials that she her grandparents brought from Missouri yeah. in nineteen hundred. Man, so that's a that's another uh, nice link. I've right. got that going on with my family too now, and um, with some cana bulbs, and it's just it's just it's uh, we get that a lot from uh, like clients of ours who like they mm -hmm. want to preserve uh, plants from their parents or grandparents, and that's uh, okay. It's very touching, and but, but you know a good blend of annuals and perennials. It shows the benefits of both the special like textures and and. Um, it's got some uh, uh, architecture, so to speak, from the perennials, but also you got that more consistent bloom of the annuals always there for you. Yeah. And uh, self-sowing, okay, that's good. I mean, that's low maintenance, definitely. <laughs> but you got to thin them out, she said, so that's also a factor as well. Yeah, let's hope the grasshoppers are done with. For, let's, we don't need any more of that. But uh, it's, a, again, just a nice... And she says a hot mess garden, but, you know. It didn't look messy. <laughs> exactly. It didn't look messy. Exactly. I mean, it just, it, it very <laughs> nice. all of us could have a hot mess like that, <laughs> you know, everything's healthy. Um, it has different dimensions going on, different heights. Yeah. Um, hollyhocks looked really yeah, nice in there. That's a nice one. And those zinnias. I, I just, I mean, zinnias are a personal favorite of mine anyways, so. Yeah. 
But, yeah, they're pretty easy to grow. I again, like, and uh, add some good color and yeah, they do them all summer. And yeah, that's right. I think that's if we're going to talk again about good starter plants, I think zinnias are a good one for any gardener to get started on. Zinnias and marigolds probably, I'd say, are the two easiest annuals to grow and make you feel good when they come up. Definitely. Well, I have one more clip to show you. And Kathleen just had some final thoughts and advice that she had for anybody who is interested in getting gardening or maybe, um, you know, want to expand on gardening. So let's go ahead and Ben, we'll take a look at that clip. I think the biggest thing to remember about gardening is it's your garden. It's not anybody else's. So this is the kind of garden that works for me. I like it, I enjoy it. I find it relaxing to be out here working, but if the kind of garden that works for you is a little four foot square patch, but you put in there what you really love, that's that's your garden and it's it's perfectly fine. The other thing is know what you're doing before you plant stuff. Make sure you're getting it put in the right kind of conditions. Does it have the right drainage? Does it have the right sunlight? that kind of thing. Is it something that you're going to curse the day you ever planted it? Or is it something that is going to be well behaved and beautiful every time you look at it? Make sure you pay attention to how you can water and how much. Don't plant drought tolerant things with water loving plants and mulch. Organic mulch. Only organic mulch. I I just shudder when I see plants being smothered by rocks and so that that's probably the things that I've learned over the years that are the most important. You know a couple things that stick out to me in her advice for others and stuff is just the fact of making it your own garden regardless of what size is it and just knowing that however you see that garden and how big you make it is it something you're gonna enjoy or curse the day you planted it (laughs) which is fun to say i mean just it is it's interesting to say you know maybe not bite off more than you can chew that's a good idea i agree with you on that uh i don't know if i've ever cursed at a garden (laughs) but (laughs) but uh um I agree. And another nice uh, special feature that she has that makes it a personal touch I see there is all those statues, mm-hmm. those cute statues that, you know, those, that's definitely a personality that she wants to express the garden. Then the other thing I, I noticed when you look at that, look, those back, you take the camera back and you can see like how the, she's incorporated, she hasn't like uh She's got trees there. She's yeah. got. Uh, she's worked the gardens with the existing trees and shrubs. Yeah. Even got a few containers in there to add a, a little focus of color in an area that needs it near a tree. Um, yeah, definitely a showcase garden. That's for sure. You know, when she when I was visiting with her, she mentioned that she wanted her yard to resemble like a park. Something that you would truly enjoy. And like I mentioned a Mm. couple minutes earlier, she's got all these different themed gardens in there. So she's got like a music theme one. And I think we've seen a couple clips of maybe the drum and the guitar. And 
Again, she's got reasons for each of those. She's even got a reading garden that she's got different um, characters based on books that are her favorite, and she went and took the time to research the plants that were mentioned or plants around that time. So her garden is definitely an oasis, definitely an inspiration. But again, if you want a garden, maybe not just go full out. Really. Of course, you know, like it's thirty years. That's right. Right. So I asked her. I said, "How did you didn't manage look like that this? after year, year one? Rome no. wasn't built in a day, as they say. Yeah. So yeah, just yeah. That's you know, I think that's a good idea. Like maybe okay, we're gonna focus on more in the front yard this year. We'll do a little on the side next year. We'll work in the backyard the next year. Pace yourself. Pace your budget. Um, all that stuff. Pace your watering needs. Because a lot of times, mm-hmm. even in those drought tolerant perennials, you got to water them the first year or two yep. to get them, the roots established. established yep. And then after that, you can cut back on the watering. So, yeah, it's just a, it is a beautiful, personal, personalized garden. It's um, And she's really appreciate Kathleen for her kindness and her hospitality and showing you the garden huh yes i agree one thing to just reiterate kathleen is a ndsu master gardener so she's taken training um to get that title and so if anybody is interested about the ndsu extension master gardener program that's a program that goes beyond ordinary and invest in creating some leaders to serve the needs of our communities um by per by providing uh, accurate and scientifically research-based advice in horticulture. And we have quite a few master gardeners locally here in the Bismarck-Mandan area. So if you are at all interested in that program, just contact your local extension agent to get more information. Or go to the website. Go to the North Dakota Master Gardener website. It has lots of resources and ways you can get started. That's right. That's right. Well, I hope everybody so far has enjoyed this special gardener spotlight, but I think we need to talk about some timely topics. How about that? Sounds good. What do you got? All right. There's some orange in our landscape. Yeah, those daylilies, huh? (laughs) Those daylilies. Sorry. I'm talking about something else. Ooh, I wish we were talking just about pumpkins Oh, really? Something else? Orange? Talking about a little bit of rust in our landscape here. All right, you take a look at this picture, and maybe you think, I don't know, moss, fungus, right? Mm. A little bit of rust, what we're used to seeing on some of our older equipment since that I referenced Kathleen's that. Boat? No. No? No, there wasn't a speck of rust on that. Okay. Today, what I really want to talk about that I have been receiving umpteen calls in the last few weeks here is featuring conwood rust today and so this is kind of what people may be seeing on the landscapes like from a distance that tree looks like hey we got maybe some fall coloring going on is it a little premature fall coloring um even having this in their yards like i have a ton of brown leaves that have fallen to the the yard you know like are my cottonwoods dying already and stuff so like i said some of the symptoms may be described as like fall color um brown dried up leaves fallen leaves um, usually, if you go a little bit closer to inspection, you're going to see some brown, uh, some orange powder on them. So again, taking a look from a little bit of a distance, and let's go ahead and take a look closer up at those leaves. So this one, I actually will just tell you a funny story. I was at my parents' place over the weekend, and 
I said to my dad, I'm like, yeah, I, I was out there taking some pictures of your trees. And he said, what for? And I said, well, I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them on TV. I said, do you notice anything going on with them? And he said, no, they're changing fall color already. And I said, actually, let me show you this picture closer up. And as you can see here, like I said, you know, a lot of that orange powder. So you see that all around Bismarck, man, Dan. You got cottonwoods right. over in your neighborhood. I see him. Uh, I see him along the parks when I was at the parks this week, and I was really taken aback by it. It was really dramatic. It is dramatic. You know, and the thing that we've talked about, I guess, kind of all summer is I feel like there's been a little bit other some other things going on with the cottonwoods. It seems like I've had a lot of cottonwood so to speak, traffic this really? year on it. Um, I know, too, I've seen, like, the petty old galls on them yeah. that even in some of these photos, it, it's harder to see for our viewers, but right where that stem and the leaf meet, you see, like, an enlarged area yeah. on some of those leaves, and even that can cause a little bit of the leaf fall. So, Tom, what do we do about this? Well, you got a chainsaw? <laughs> That's the first question. <laughs> no. Why do you want to do that? Well, let's just face it, cottonwoods and poplars, you know, that's, that's a, you know, it's not the greatest tree for home landscape, but just kidding. Uh, what are we going to do about it? Okay, listen, here's the deal. The leaves, the leaves are done for the year, okay? Yeah, so September yeah, 7th. They did their job, and so it doesn't matter if they got a little rust on them now. The leaves, the leaves can drop, and uh, that's okay. It would help if you can rake out the leaves to try to get the disease out of the area for the future. Okay, there you go. What are you asking me for? <laughs> yeah, you can do nothing. Just enjoy the premature fall color, I guess. Uh, yeah, rake up the infected leaves. I think the whole thing really, yeah, the, do nothing. Like, don't worry about it. Don't get um, excited. Your yeah. trees aren't dying. Yeah. You're, You're more stressed than your trees are again. Right. Exactly. Like we like to tell people. That's right. But aspens will get this, and the hybrid poplars yeah. get this too. Have to throw that in there. Um, right. You know, you made the comment the other day to me that Mother Nature usually takes care of a lot of That's right. the issues. That's right. So, so this, this is a prime yeah. example. It's not the it. first time your dad got cottonwood rust. No. And it won't be the last time. And uh, so just kind of, I would just let it go. Don't, you don't need to use a fungicide. Again, or we don't, fungicides are usually preventatives, and they've already got the rust. Right. And how are you going to spray a, you know, 70-foot-tall tree? Let's get real. And you're going to go broke if you've tried it. In fact, <laughs> it's not, you don't have to do anything. So just just uh, walk the other way. or just Look the other way. Just, yeah, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They're going to be fine. I'd say uh, let's just rake them up, and it's another pile for if the kids can. to jump into. And rusty leaves? <laughs> Why not? Wow. Show them, out. Show them at least. Yeah, okay. It's like, look how cool it is. Look yeah. Yeah. Fun thing in nature. Sounds good. All right. What else do you want to talk okay. about? I just wanted to highlight that. Like okay. I said, it's been coming full force calls in the office. So, again, another avenue to yeah. talk about it. Yeah, that's don't worry about. It. That's a lot of any tree tree leaves that are uh, that show a little disease this time of year. Don't worry about it. Okay, I got to talk about. I got some important news to talk about today. I don't know why we held this to the end. It's oh no critical breaking news here. Breaking news. Yes, I got good news and bad news for you today. Uh, okay. Can we start with the bad news? No. Oh. I start with okay. good news because I can't switch my slides around at this time. <laughs> so what's the good news? So. Oh, we got us. I'll show you soon here. There you go. It's a beautiful day today. 
It is. 70s, sunny in the prairie. What's the bad news? The world is coming to an end. Yes, weather's changing, and soon Mm. death will be all around us. I'm not kidding. Boy, this is depressing. Joe Biden says, not kidding. It's true. World's coming to an end. And don't you don't blame me? Just ask this crabgrass plant, this poor crabgrass plant. This crabgrass has been thriving, and same with this foxtail. And they're showing their showy seed heads now. And this is when people say, how do I get rid of this weed? How do I get rid of it? I say, don't worry about it. It's an annual grass. It's going to die. It's going to die as soon as you have a hard frost. So when are we going to get a hard frost in Bismarck, Maine Dam? We usually get our first light frost at about 32 degrees in the last week of September and our first hard killing frost, usually the first week of October. So this crabgrass, foxtail, all those annual grasses are going to die. Days are limited. They're, they got less than a month ago. Sorry, guys. But so just try to knock down their seed heads. Don't let them shatter. Try to mow it. Keep it under control as best you can before the seed heads go. But how about other weeds like this thistle? This thistle's laughing. Hey, I'm not going to die. I can survive winter. But yes, thistle, you can survive. But Maybe now we can take action to kill you. And now's the time, now's the best time, mid-September is the best time to kill perennial weeds because this thistle plant is soon, it's now, it's starting to stop growing upward and start sending its nutrients downward into its roots for winter survival. So if we spray uh, thistle, a creeping jenny, uh, creeping Charlie, dandelions, if we spray them in mid-September, that stupid weed will take the chemical right down to their roots along with their nutrients. So this all, you may be dead soon. No more purple flower. That's right. Now, hopefully not next year. You know, it just, I have to tell you, the horse that I used to have, he was good control of thistle. I've never seen a horse in my lifetime that would go and, like, eat Canadian thistle and stuff, but... I don't know why. I would think that would hurt his tongue, but he would always go ahead and... That's a... <laughs> Didn't you ever feed that horse? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think it wanted to eat the thistle. You it think that was candy? Like, I would go riding? I don't, I don't believe you. Well... You starved that horse, didn't you? I didn't. I will say that horse's name was Tom. So Tom? Before you say wow. that, it was a stupid horse. Oh, uh, it makes sense. <laughs> Tom would like a stupid... Uh, you know, you should have uh, bred that Tom. <laughs> Because that could be a natural weed control, you know, for thistles. If we had a thistle-controlling horse, he, he did. we could have made a fortune you. on that. Okay, I'm moving on from that. Yes. <laughs> okay, here's another thing we got going on right now. The pine trees, are, they're showing a lot of brown needles, especially towards the middle, towards the trunk of the tree. And people think their tree's going to die. But no, this is natural. An evergreen needle is not always green. It, for pines, after about two or three years, the needles will be dead. And so they will drop down. You'll notice that soon if you haven't already. So death, death is upon us. But this tree will survive because when you look at an evergreen, you focus on the tips of the branches. And the tips are green, loaded with buds. There is hope for this pine tree. Don't be in despair. Don't panic. 
Another thing that we see this time of year, our apples are ripening. And oh, you can yes. tell when an apple's ripened, or a red-skinned apple's ripened, when you see the, the background color turns from a greenish to a yellowish color. So this apple is ready to harvest. If you do an upward twisting motion, it will come right off the tree. If you do not harvest it, it will drop to the ground and be have a wound, and then it will be attacked by wasps. Wasps are very aggressive now, as we've talked about in the past, and their populations are soaring, and they love wounded apples and wounded fruits. And they can also come to us nearby and drink from our beer can. So be very careful when you're outside uh, at a picnic or something, or maybe even your kids' lemonade. They can all be out there in the cup just mm-hmm. drinking away, like at the saloon there, yeah. the lemonade saloon. Wasp, I have to say I admire them, and those wasps, these are hornets, a type of wasp. And This nest started just from the, a pregnant uh, hornet female started this nest all by herself in May, and her and her children have been building this nest all summer long. It is impressive. It is. It, and they work the colors. They work together. Yeah. But it's not, it's also could be dangerous. And so if you want to, if you need to, if you want to protect yourself, because these wasps are very aggressive, you can go to battle at night where when the temps are in the fifties are the best time. The wasps will all be in the nest at night, especially on a cold night, they're less active. You know, wear protective armor. Long sleeves, long long trousers, put a hat on, and shoot a wasp and hornet killing spray like 20 feet away, a knockdown spray right into the, the hole of the nest, and that should kill them. And like I say, death is all around us, and these hornet nests, if you, if you just leave them alone, if they're not in a hazardous location, you can leave them alone. They will all die in just a matter of weeks. All those, all those workers are all going to be dead in a few weeks. Sorry, death is upon <laughs> us. And that nest will never be used again. It's dead forever. That's the end. You mentioned that there's a lot of crickets going on now. Yes, crickets will soon be dead. One of the most annoying insects out there. Wow, you're just not a naturalist, are you? The you chirping know. at night when I'm trying to sleep, like I've mentioned before, Oh, I can't handle that. It's love music. I know. You it's told the, me it's that. It's the man singing. Come on, baby. That's right. Let's get it on, you know. Oh, we should have some music now, soft romantic music. <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's chirping away. And uh, and they can't come into the house. That's a problem. If your house is not well sealed, so please seal up your house to prevent the crickets and other animals from getting in, the other insects, I should say. Um, you know, seal around any pipes or any uh, windows, doorways, any entry points into the house. Um, If a cricket gets into your house, and I had a cricket in my house this morning in the basement, it will chirp, like you say. And uh, But the good news about a cricket is it's not going to thrive in your house. It's not going to reproduce and have children, no matter how good a chirping it does. Uh, It's not going to eat your food. It's not going to bite you. The only thing is it can be hard to find that thing. You just listen, and I it will know. chirp, especially dark, at night. They go to the dark spots, though. I know, and then they, and then, but the good news is the chirp just gets, you know, slower and 
less noisy as the weeks go by. It's only going to live in your house for a few weeks. Just like a, it reminds you of a smoke alarm battery. Yeah. Chirp, chirp, chirp. But I'm not running a hotel. And I then, don't want. You're not, but then after a while, like just chirp, chirp. <laughs> that's it. Anyhow, crickets are going to be dead soon. Another animal that's going to be dead soon are most of the box elder bugs. They've had a great time this summer in the maples and box elder trees and the ash trees sucking up that sap. But it's getting cold, and they're going to start coming to your house, and they're going to like the, the sunny side of your house, the south and west side of your home. So they're going to try to get inside your house, so make sure, again, it's well sealed. If they do get in the house, you can just shoo them outside or suck them up in a vacuum and dump out the vacuum bag right away because they do create a little smell there. Um, if you don't, if you just can't tolerate them, you can you can soak them with a soap spray. It just mix up about uh, five tablespoons of detergent, liquid detergent, five tablespoons of that to one gallon of water, and you can just soap them to death. Suffocate them, huh? Yeah, yeah. Desiccates them, actually. Says oh. they dry, soap causes drying skin, and mm. insects can't deal with drying skin. Sorry. No lotions for box yeah. elder bugs. So that's a good way to kill them. If, otherwise, you can let the hard frost provide the death for you. And lastly, here's our favorite thing about a spider. Spiders are very vivid now. Uh, a lot of spiders and their webs get like dew on them. So you can see there's a, a big yellow garden spider. And that's a female. I said death is upon us. And I'm. this is true. She will die in a few weeks. Sorry, buddy. That's just the way life goes. But, of course, next to her right there is her boyfriend who's already dead because... She killed him as soon as they had sex. So she got the sex from the guy. She wrapped him up, and now she's going to eat that guy. Terrible wow. way to go. So he's already dead. Speaking of death, a lot of death going on. I, yeah, I can tell. That's our theme. But so what are we going to do about all this death? Well, i got to say the past is history, and the future is a mystery. But today is a gift, and that's why we call it the present. Wow. Have you heard that? No, I haven't. No, no, I'll say it again. I know that's not an original, though. No, of course not. Nothing I say is original. <laughs> the past is history. The future is a mystery. But today is a gift, and that's why we call it the present. And so what I'm going to do presently i'm not going to be despaired about the death i'm going to go to the apple farm and i'm going to pick apples i'm going to have an apple pie i'm very happy and because i believe in the future that i'm going to plant some tulips in my garden this month of september and because i want to have a beautiful colorful spring yeah. because even though death it will soon be all around us the best days are yet to come there you go that's what i got to say today well, I like that picture a lot better than the spider picture. <laughs> a little vibrant little color. Hey, nature's beautiful, let's face it. It is. Good and bad. Distri I mean, it's a war out there. Got to admire it. I agree. And, of course, best is yet to come. Enjoy fall, and let's get ready Enjoy for a great spring. Enjoy that fall color. You got it. Everything pumpkin spice. That's like the go. beginning of school. So Love it. Everything is pumpkin spice. Can't wait for the pumpkin patch to open up personally. Okay. 
That'll be fun. Is your is Kevin a little too old for that? Yes, my my uh, eleven year old is way too mature too for that kind of stuff. Mm. You know that's now if the pumpkins were growing being grown in a video game, he'd be all about it. They'd all Let's be go. they'd all be for Let's it or shooting time. pumpkins on a video game or something. Then he'd be all for it. But any help? What about and trick or treating? We're sorry, we're at, we're kind of at the end of trick or treating now, too. so. That's bad for news for me because I usually ate most of his candy, you know. So. <laughs> I'll bring you some. We're not a big candy household. So I know. I'll my kid doesn't some. like candy. He's weird. He likes, he, he likes vegetables. I don't know what happened to him. His mother influenced him. But that's more candy for me. There you go. All right. Well, you got any last-minute thoughts? I got nothing more to say. Pleasure. Special thanks to Kathleen again for very much. Her, her visit out to, the, out to her place. We really, really loved that. Very much, and hopefully next year we can do some more yes. gardener spotlights and show you guys some inspirational gardens throughout the county, or counties, I should say, the local area. So, of course, we just thank you for joining us on today's episode, and those who are listening on the radio, also thank you, and we hope you will join us for future episodes. Dakota Growing is a gardening show brought to you by Dakota Media Access and NDSU Extension. We discuss a variety of timely topics pertaining to your landscape along with giving you tips and advice for your lawn, garden, and trees. If you have questions, call 701-221-6865 or email ndsu.burley.extension at ndsu.com. Dakota Growing airs on Radio Access 102.5 FM, Community Access Channel 12 or 612 HD or online at freetv.org. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.